Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Richard Geiger. This week's episode is a continuation of a previous episode that we had started revolving around our top 10 favorite animated movies. We're going to kick off this episode starting with number five and count down to number one. Throw in a couple of honorable mentions towards the end, and that will conclude our review of the top 10 animated movies. Once again, a top 10 that is our favorites, uh, not necessarily the overall reigning top 10, uh, but what we think are the top 10 animated movies. So here we go. Enjoy. Nothing wrong with a little bit of joy. No, not at all. Well, let's go to your number five. We're almost halfway through. Okay, so doing this here. Um, I'll go with, and we've talked about this movie because it's a it's not a comic book but it's the reference that we give a lot for it not being a comic book, and that would be G.I. Joe, but G.I. Joe the movie. That's right. Um, 1987? Some, yeah, late 80s. So I definitely, most definitely had this on VHS. And it had a, you know, if most of the time if you had a VHS of something, it had just like the sleeve that went around it, but this one had the fancy plastic, mm-hmm. like puffy, puffy plastic case that kind of folded open and so it was stored and protected nicely and now it's gone somewhere it's off in the la la land fortunately i don't have any more of my vhs dates anymore gi joe the movie or as the subtitle goes flint messes everything up (laughs) (laughs) nothing but trouble so this this was okay when Something happened to G.I. Joe's, right? It was they fell or they got hurt, right? The Cobra bad guys were awful shots. Yes. Right? It's like you're watching Commando with Arnold and yeah. nobody can hit anything, but uh but worse, because nobody can hit anything. <laughs> Joe's couldn't hit anything either. Yeah. Not if it was a person. If it was like we've got to hit this string that's two thousand yards away and you can't even see it, they will hit that every time. But if it's a guy five feet in front of him, nope. But this one, we actually saw somebody get hurt, right? So the fancy uh when Serpentor took the snake around his neck and he stretched it out to a spear and he threw it and it lunged into duke everybody was sad it was just like oh my gosh what's gonna happen here and then you know there's a lot of interesting because you you meet some new characters in a certain sense you've got uh sergeant slaughter right so um sergeant slaughter being uh portrayed and voice acted you know by sergeant slaughter (laughs) yeah that's pretty funny um (laughs) So the, you, you got all your typical stuff, right? So Cobra Commander is always scheming, but now he's not the he's not the leader anymore. And so he's still scheming. I mean, it's got all the classic G.I. Joe elements. If you were a fan of G.I. Joe, the cartoon, uh, then you got all those things. You got all the 
the the guns and the jets and the fighting stuff that you would get. But now you had new things that were introduced. You know, really, uh, th this was a money-making utility for Hasbro, right? Like this was a way, anytime you make a movie, you're going to do it to, to, to make money. But this was a way to drive revenue for action figures and, and um, big planes and little planes and all types of toys. So that's what it was. But for me, I don't know. I really enjoyed this one, and I watched it a lot. It was a good, it was a good film. It didn't quite hit my top ten because as as much joy as I have from it, I recognized how bad of a movie it really was. Oh yeah, it's bad. Like trust me, it's bad. But if you like GI Joe, oh yeah, it was it was the it was awesome. Now once again, I'll I'll mention this. You can go to YouTube and you can watch all of GI Joe. It's just streaming twenty four seven and. You pick it up somewhere, and hey, there's a GI Joe episode. There you go. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's got a, it's going to have a, a place in my in my fond memories forever and ever, just just because of uh, everything. All right, my number five. Uh, let's go to a slightly different kind of animation. Mm. This movie came out in 2009, and it is a Henry Selleck directed film. Tom Selleck. Henry Selleck. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Coraline. It is so creepy. <laughs> it's so incredibly creepy, but so good at the same time. It's just, I, I don't even know if I have words to describe it. We're back to Dakota Fanning. Mm. <laughs> Noticing a trend here. Uh, but Keith Davis great voice oh yeah well he can he can voice anything that dude has got just a, a set of pipes on him that is kind of crazy um ian mcshane you've seen him and you know him um but you might not recognize him but i i loved him in deadwood mm -hmm. and before he did deadwood he did tons of like he did tons of stuff and after Deadwood, he's done tons of stuff. Yeah. But I only knew him at the time as Swearingen in Deadwood, and he's one of the best characters. <laughs> he's Tai Lung in Kung Fu Panda. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Blackbeard and the Pirates. Yeah, he's in John Wick. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy at the hotel. Yeah, I mean, he just, he, he is awesome in pretty much everything always. So just seeing him show up is is just a, a joy. Um, and he he's got a great uh, he's got a great voice too. Yeah, he does. Uh, Terry Hatcher did a great job in this film. Um, I mean, just the thing that uh, you you think that this is, um, you you'd almost feel like this is uh, what's his name. Uh, Nightmare. Before. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. It's got that kind of a feel in some respects, but uh, this is a based on a Neil Gaiman book, which, if you know Neil Gaiman, mm -hmm. that on its own should tell you this is a fantastic story. He's got a show on Netflix right now. Yes, he does. But yeah, so that's our that's our top five, and that's all we have time for in this. <laughs> We've been going for almost an hour. We have been going for almost an hour. Holy cow. <laughs> we might have to do this in two parts. We could split it up. Yeah. If we need to. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll keep going and then we'll we'll see we'll see how we do. Uh see if this gets towards two hours, then yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna divide this up into two pieces. Next week on Top 
10 animated movies. Right. But uh, before we get to that point, there is something important I need to tell you folks. If you listen to us and you hear us on Spotify, you hear us on Apple Podcasts, you uh, see us on YouTube, whatever, uh, and you haven't taken the time to go to our website, everybodylovespudding.com, and take advantage of some of the stuff that's on there, I'm telling you, you are missing out above and beyond being able to see what the upcoming episodes are going to be, being able to go straight to the list of all the guests that we've had on the show. We've got great tools on there. You have it gone? You're a fool. <laughs> but we always love to uh, get some feedback. See, find out some things that you may not have realized were based on comic books. Find out how many people we just put up the uh, death counts for Thor Love and Thunder. Apparently, it's a high number. It is a fairly high number. So uh, I figure the next one I'm going to do is DC uh, Super Pets. I think that's probably going to be pretty easy. I think it's going to be somewhere near zero. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, available now on HBO Max. Yeah, we'll, we'll double check that. I don't remember seeing any deaths now, and then we'll go to something that has a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so back to the matter. We're gonna get into uh, uh, the Aww. top the top five now. I said five. The last one I did wasn't five; it was a six. Yes, yeah, so we're top five. Yeah, that okay. was the bottom five. Yeah, okay, yeah. Can you tell it's late as we record this? Late night. So. I'll start off. I have so many to back and forth. Okay. I will start off with another one of those movies that probably has no place being in a list like this, or does it? And it's more of the, we'll call it crude, but I think everybody has an appreciation for it. And that is South Park. Well, that almost hit for me. So... What is it? It's uh, bigger, longer, longer and uncut. uncut is yep. the full word for it. So, okay, this this movie came out actually quite some time ago, and this series is still going strong, right? Uh, they were a few seasons deep in the actual series in, in, in the series when they did this movie, and. It's just one of those things where they had more budget, more time, more freedom to do a, you know, a few more things to just be stupid and silly and, you know, touch points that they need to touch points on and show it, you know, the devil and his, you know, <laughs> his special friend, his friend. And, <laughs> you, you know, it's just the fact that, People are making a, a cartoon like this just kind of cracks me up. And the fact that it was nominated for, but didn't win, was it, it was an Oscar, right? Mm -hmm. For a uh, song. Yeah. Just also cracks me up too. But if you really kind of dig deep, it, it kind of shows you the talent of, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, what they actually have the capabilities of doing, uh, their creative team. Uh, the voices are the voices. I think you know who they are. Yeah. Um, so th the fact that they can do multiple voices is cool on on its own, right? But mm -hmm. we recognize those voices, but they still got plenty of other people to put their voice talents on screen to. Well, something to point out, Mary Kay Bergman, who does the voice for Cartman's mom, 
Well, we've already talked about a film she was in, Beauty and the Beast. She was the bimbet. Well, one of them, anyway. Um, she's been in a ton of stuff. She does voice work all over the place, and she's she's generally pretty great. And, of course, how can you go wrong with Isaac Hayes? Hello, children. I can't do a good Isaac Hayes. That's about as close as I can get at this late hour. <laughs> no longer affiliated with the show. No, no, and that's sad. But we already talked about Mini Driver. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... We start to see some people show up multiple times, but uh, uh, I I do find it's funny that they had Brent Spiner do Conan O'Brien. That makes me giggle every time I think about it. Well, if you look at some of these here, so like George Clooney was in it, uh, but but the reason Minnie Driver was in it is she did Brooke Shields' voice, yeah. right? So like the fact that they got to, uh, like other stars to do other stars other stars voice it just cracks me up it's silly it's it's so much fun uh but yeah that that was a good that was a good film um now to start into my top five um i'm talking about silly that's my top five choice all around i we've talked about this the actor that's the lead voice in this multiple times he's He's in our time frame as one of the big comedy names. Maybe not so much anymore, but uh, David Spade is kind of iconic, and he did the voice lead in Emperor's New Groove in 2000. This film, I never get tired of seeing. It makes me laugh every single time, and there are just so many quotable bits from this over and over and over. Wrong lever, crunk. <laughs> I think, I, I think with this one, because of the timing, maybe because of the success of its predecessors, probably gets gets less attention than a lot of its other predecessors did at the time. But if you go back and you watch this one. It's just you know it's fun like all the other ones are. That's I, I, that they just. They were just, like I said, putting out hit after hit in this one. And I'm pretty sure this was a uh, TV show more recently, like an actual. They did adapt it. Like to a, a series. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about Dave Spade, but he wasn't the only one. You got John Goodman doing it. Eartha Kitt, the amazing voice that Eartha Kitt had as Yzma. Patrick Warburton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, come on. Those four, they could read freaking anything, and it wouldn't matter, and it would be awesome. But add on to that, that that the story is funny and the animation is solid. I just it it's really it's really hard to go wrong with this particular film. And if you've never seen it, take some time. And it's got Sting mm-hmm. in the soundtrack. I mean, seriously, this is some good stuff. Yep, and we 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 want to say that as Disney puts out more and more and more content because they have a different platform in which they can do that, there will be some you know that maybe aren't aren't that strong, um, but rarely do you see one, uh, especially in this time frame. So this one was two thousand, you know from you know, 10, 15 year stretch in there. They really hit on all, on all marks. 
And once again, I, I said that this one, it, it, it lost a little bit of the popularity. Just, I, I wonder if, like I said, if it was a timing thing, it might've been, or, you know, maybe people just don't like David Spade. I don't know. I mean, that's not the reason that this, like David Spade's great in this one. Right. Yeah. So like why this one doesn't get the attention, I don't know. But speaking of attention, we need to pay attention to number four. Ooh, okay, where are we at now? We're closing down to some interesting ones here. Okay, I will go with another Disney one, but I'll go a little bit more recent with this one. Part of it's because of the scope. Part of it's because of the look and the feel of the animation. Um, I chose Wally. That was kind of amazing when it came out. I I think the fact that when you watch this movie, there's no dialogue. Very little. That all the emotion is conveyed in terms of some a few you know, sounds and squeaks, and then how you convey the the body's posture from a little robot. It's just, it's, it's pretty interesting. And this, like I said, the scale of it, where it's just the little robot keep on doing its job on, on this gigantic area, right, where it's just smashing blocks but it has its own kind of little place to stay and it makes collections. It's just, I don't know. It's, it kind of tugs the heartstrings later on too. So. It, it does. It does a, a pretty fantastic job. The, uh, the score, the orchestral score yeah. as it accompanies is phenomenal. Just kind of, it, it's really, it's really hard. You're talking about it, the, the, the way that they're, they're drawn. Yes, sure. That definitely has it, but, if you're missing something from that placement, the the music makes up for it, and you know exactly what's happening, what you're meant to feel. Um, yeah. Now, um, John Ratzenberger does still show up. Correct. <laughs> in this film, and, and actually, if we think about this one, um, there is a blending of live action in this. There is a little bit. I I I don't really count this one so much because I mean the the live action that's there is extraordinarily minimal, mm -hmm. and uh, if you're going to do it and you do it as Fred Willard, that's fine. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> I will overlook that all the way. Uh, and having Sigourney Weaver be the ship's computer voice was so funny. <sighs> yeah, I mean the 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 cast isn't exactly this like big, right? The faces that you see are great, but it's not like there's 50 of them like some of the other animated ones, right? You have a lot of these the these voice these voices, but they're not it's not like they're there for the entire movie. So a lot of these people that you see, so like John Ratzenberger, Jeff Garland, they're there and you, you can hear them, but you don't hear them that much, right? No. So it's just a, it's not a dialogue heavy, it's not a dialogue driven thing, but it's very emotion driven yeah. and very visualized movie. I'd say Garland probably has the most lines out of anybody because he's a captain. captain. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, pretty solid all around. Um, and just stunning CGI. 
the 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 space uh, dance with the extinguisher. Yes, so good, so good. Yep. All right, going into number four for me, we don't really have to talk about because we already have Toy Story. Yeah, was number four mm-hmm. for me. So got it. So yeah, it's uh, that one had a big impact on me. That's why it. I mean, we talked about it. It wasn't as good in terms of the CGI. It was early, but it was the first promise of things to come. It's like almost 30 years ago. Right. So, all right. Well, what's your number three? Ooh, number three. I got some to choose from here. Okay, so number three. I will choose a classic in which we've done a review for and that would be Transformers the movie. Yeah, it's uh it's it's hard to not uh, just think about that and hear you've got the touch. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh I do actually have this soundtrack on my phone and when the mix when it when I'm not playing a CD, the phone will sometimes just play music and it will mix the things together that are on that I have downloaded onto my phone and you, you just get lucky. Because mm-hmm. like that song pops up and you're just like, yeah. So it's like, it's your typical eighties, like m- it's not I, I metal, not metal, but like rock, but not rock, like electronic metal rock jam from the eighties. Right. The whole soundtrack of course is just that, that eighties rock metal electronic type of jam. And you know, there's, there's the, it's the struggle right between the Autobots and it, it's a big transition. You know, if you watch this, if you watch this cartoon religiously, this was a big transition. A lot of things happened. Yeah. You discovered more about your favorites. You lost some of your favorites because they were actually like, you saw some of your favorites die in this movie. There was the epic battle between Optimus prime and Megatron. Like it, it's just, I don't know if if you're younger, maybe than th- than us, and you didn't pay attention to the Transformers, or all you know is Michael Bay Transformers. Like then this has. <laughs> I'm sorry, first of all. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> you 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 don't see the impact on this, but th- this movie is something special. It's its own little thing, and I'm telling you, the 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 voice acting in this is. Man, it's top notch. Yeah, it's it got some great, great faces, but oh my gosh, it's it's to me, it's memorable. Then the best thing about it is, you know, having Orson Welles be in the film, but have no clue what he's voicing. Yes, you want me to do what? What do you mean? I don't get it. Okay, I'll just I'll just read. Yeah. <laughs> it's still just fine. But uh, having Leonard Nimoy, that was the one for me because I'm I'm such a Star Trek nerd. Having him be Galvatron's like, hey, I know that voice. Yeah, it's altered a bit. Not really, but it is, but it's not. Enough that you can still recognize it. Um, and to me and to most people who grew up in this genre, Peter Cullen is the only voice for Optimus Prime. And yeah. It's not even, it's like... If you know Darth Vader's voice, like who, you know, now that that voice actor has retired because, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these people, it's, this is, this is from the eighties, man. Like this is a 40 years ago. 
Um, Peter Cullen's going to get to the point where he can't voice Optimus Prime anymore, and then what's going to happen? It's just not going to sound right. No, it's just going to be wrong. I mean, the fact that having anybody do jazz other than Scatman Crothers would... <laughs> he was so awesome. And if you know the jazz character, like he makes it into a performance every time he has lines. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. They all did such a fantastic job. Um. But yeah, that the phone, the the movie is the movie is okay, <laughs> but the the movie may be okay, but all the elements of the movie, if you are a classic Transformers fan, add it, up to something special. It fits your needs. Yep. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. It's like, oh, these are all okay. Put them together, and some. How does that make amazing? I don't know how that makes amazing, but it does. It's just, just it just does. Watch this movie. And when Optimus is struggling, he's damaged. You must take over for me. And he, the, the soundtrack kicks in, and he takes down Megatron and defeats the, the Decepticons as a, you know, battered and beaten hero. It's great. It's just great. Yeah, it's is pretty awesome. Um, all right, so my number three is a little more current than that. Um, I have a i'm a fan of stand-up comedy among other things and uh the primary voice on this film is one of my favorite stand-up comedians uh and that's pat oswalt he voices a rat (laughs) in a film uh unsurprisingly called ratatouille from 2007 um i i like the concept of this film it's so atypical of you know, some of the things like I'm not trying to be a king or a prince or whatever. I just want to be a chef, mm-hmm. but I'm a rat. I just, <laughs> I just love that he sits in the hat and he. <laughs> it's so good. Hair, yeah. I could watch that all day long. And, and look at the, the, the acting cast. I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah, I talked about Pat Oswalt, but really Ian Holm. Mm-hmm. Having him be in there, Brad Garrett. I mean, who's got that such deep baritone that's so awesome. Uh, Peter O'Toole, Will Arnett, Brian Dennehy, uh, Janine Garofalo, Ratzenberger again. Yeah, if you if you're listening to this and we keep mentioning John Ratzenberger, so I said he's in every like every Disney property. James Ramar. I mean, these guys. These guys have just some really fantastic voices, and uh, and Lou Romano did a great job uh, <laughs> as Linguini. Uh, I was not real familiar with his work before this, but uh, I mean, it's just uh, he did great. I mean, he's mostly an artist, apparently, but uh, he's done some pretty pretty important important voices here and there. Um, but it's just the, it's kind of that blend of animation also. It's, it's realism, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It, it's, it's a movie that makes you want to, you, you root for everybody, right? But it's just funny that you're rooting for a rat (laughs) in, in in a real world situation, Right. right? 
uh, where normally you might not root for the rat. But then you have to put that rat in the situation where it's got to control and manipulate things that are still real-world size and feel, right, without making it look too clumsy or false or too silly. And it's all about putting that great artwork into place and having that animation be clean too. And some of the concepts are just so ridiculous. I still love just the whole idea of, okay, he understands cooking. Now he's trying to explain it to the other rat. It's like, take a bite of the grape. Now take a bite of the cheese. Take a bite. Don't hork it down. <laughs> it's like, do you see how they meld and they change? It's like, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was just, that, uh, it just makes me smile every single time. I, I love it. All right. Another good choice, indeed. Number two. Number two. Okay. What do we have here? So, one of the, let's call it, not traditional animation, but it is animation. It's truly animation. Um, it's Chicken Run. So I, I don't know how to explain my love for this movie other than, now I'm cheating a little bit. This is This is the movie that I have seen in a theater mm-hmm. the most. I've seen it five times. Huh. I, I've not, I never had to pay for it. So, wow. so I'm cheating a bit, right? So this was in the heyday when uh, I worked at the movie theater, so I could pretty much go whenever I wanted to. And for some reason, this was just one that I always found myself in that, you know, there's a window when these things are in the theater. They're much shorter now than what they were back then, but still back then, the, the thing wasn't it sitting in theaters for three months. So I had to go like... I don't know. I had to go like every week to be able to see this. And it's not that long. It's only like an hour and a half. Uh, but I definitely kept posters from it. Um, it I don't know. It's th- these guys, they do the Wallace and Gromit stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people might know Wallace and Gromit more than what they might know Chicken Run. But uh, one of my one of my favorite sayings comes from this movie. And it has no bearing in in a lot of real world situations where like the chicken is saying like I don't want to be a pie <laughs> I don't like gravy you know like it's just like <laughs> I just find myself saying it for absolutely no reason whatsoever um but but the whole it's just the the whole animation style to me is clever the faces are great and I, and I know that in this type of animation it takes time for you to create the perfect thing, take mm. the picture, move it a centimeter, take the picture. Like there's a lot of work that goes into this presentation. Yeah. And that part's cool on its own, but if you're not putting a great voice cast to it, well, it's not going to work. If you're not putting a good story to it, it's not going to work. And of course this has all those elements. Yeah. I love seeing the Timothy Spall in anything. He's, he's one of my favorites. He's, I don't want to say that he's underrated because I don't, he, he probably isn't because he's in just a, a freaking crap ton of stuff. But I feel like he should be in more or at least maybe celebrated more because he's just so good in everything, whether it's a voice acting or, or, or something. 
Harry Potter. More live. Yeah, I mean, he was great in Harry Potter. He was in the original Enchanted film. I expect he'll probably be in the uh, sequel mm-hmm. as well. But, I mean, he's he's always funny. Just too, too much fun. Uh, is he going to be in the... Oh, he's not in the... He's not in the new one. That makes me sad. But... Uh, uh, recognizable, too. You'd recognize his face. Yes. Uh, you, I, I think you'd recognize his voice, too, personally. If you if you've seen him enough, and um, of course you had Mel Gibson in this one too. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just I don't know like that you you put yourself in a in uh in the setting of it's it's a chicken coop, <laughs> <laughs> and you're and you're filming the chicken coop community within a farm setting, right? It's just silly. It's yeah. just silliness. That's all it is. There's there's nothing wrong with it though. It's it is a joy. Um yeah, I, I remember loving this film. It was it was it was good. Um okay. Number two for me. I love comic books. I love superheroes. There's no way anybody that knows who we are will not realize this would be in my top ten. But uh The Incredibles, two thousand four. Uh, it was the closest thing in a lot of ways to like imagining a good Fantastic Four movie <laughs> would look, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but it's got just this great kind of 50s feel to it. And the CGI animation is fantastic. The story is solid. The voice acting is great. Um, it was so good. People were clamoring for a sequel for years and years and years before we finally got one. It was. I mean, what what else? What else do you want? There is nothing better. I think the fact that the animation in this one has just a hint of silliness to it too, right? Where if you look at uh, some of the characters, they're directly proportionate, and if you look at other characters, it's like super top heavy, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at the design of the cars, it has like a cartoony old style feel, but still in a modern setting, right? right. Um, the the bad guy, the quote bad guy is not what you'd, ex- if you've never seen it, it's not some grand surprise, but it's a nice different kind of twist that right. you... You're not surprised, but maybe that's something that you didn't expect, right? And it has more depth than most of the villains that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Where I always like when the villain has a point. <laughs> he's not exactly, he's not wrong. He's just wrong in how he's handling yeah, it. Yeah, his approach, let's say. <laughs> but, I mean, we get another one with Martin Wallace in it. We were just talking about Lou Romano. He's also in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... Jason Lee just stole it for me as as uh the the villain and mm-hmm. it's just he did he did so well. Um Holly Hunter's voice is very recognizable. Of course yes. you'll everybody will recognize Samuel L. Jackson. Uh Craig T. Nelson is going back to some of the earlier things like Coach, yeah. right? I watch Coach, right? If you watch Coach, then you also uh, knew who Dauber was, but now you know who. If you watch Coach, 
and you're watching Dauber, and it's like, why does that voice sound so familiar? Well, he's in SpongeBob. Like, I, so, I, of course, I would know him from Action Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that one up. <laughs> so there's just there's just this element of I think everybody fit everybody fits right. Um, if if you think that John Ratzenberger's not going to be in this movie, well, you're wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> um, you know, there's the there's the side characters, which Samuel L. Jackson is a a side. He's not a sidekick. He's just a side character that fits really well. You have the person that makes the um, uh, the outfits, right? And her character fits really well into this. You have the assistant that helps out the bad guy, right? And she fits really well. You you know, like all the elements, it's not like these characters are just throwaway characters, right? They have an important part that that I think gets filled in really well in this whole movie. Now, the funny thing is, if you have seen this film and you were un, un, unknowing, uh, Edna Mode, voiced by Brad Bird. <laughs> doesn't sound like a <laughs> no, it doesn't. Brad Bird, if you will. No, it really doesn't. But it's, it's like, yep, nailed it. Still nailed it. I uh, love it. But uh, yeah, that this film, I, I, if it comes on, I will watch it every single time. Yeah, there's there's funny for kids. There's funny for adults. There's fun for all the different ages and I just think it fits a lot of it fits a lot of elements call me crazy that about well you know what it's time for now that we've gone through the top nine we have uh, some space for some a couple of shout outs we're not going to do too many but just some honorable mentions I'll throw out I just have one I'll throw out and I'll throw it out there because um it's my son's favorite movie, and we've mentioned it one time, um, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it's, so we know Tim Burton. Tim Burton's done some other animated things, too. So it's got that creepy, not creepy, but creepy, unique vibe to it with a great sound, a great look that you're just, you're not going to find anything other than a Tim Burton project, because the other Tim Burton projects have that kind of creepy look to them too. That they do. But it's not creepy as in gross, it's just creepy as in y- unique creepy. Eerie. Yep. Um, I had to mention a couple, like uh, uh, just a few that just barely missed the top 10. I, Meet the Robinsons. I just thought that film was such a fantastic uplifting film in, in a really nice way, which I, I always love to see. How to Train Your Dragon was fantastic. Mm, that's a good one. Coco. I thought I would hate that film. I looked at it, I was like, this looks stupid. And I watched it's like, this is one of the best films I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've come out with some surprises the last, you know, 10 years or so. Uh, uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker was the DC film that almost made it into my yeah top 10. Batman Beyond Universe is 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 fun. Uh, Wreck It Ralph, Up, Despicable Me. I mean, just some phenomenal entries that could have made it. Watership Down. For those of you that are not familiar with some older animation, based on some very, um, not, not fun 
subject matter. Let's put it that way. It's serious, <laughs> but it's 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 in children animation style. It's if you haven't seen it, it it will it will mark you. Let me put it that way. Adulting can't get out. Can't get out. <laughs> For those of you who've seen it, you, that'll bring flashbacks to you. Uh, all right. <laughs> to number one. No adulting. Okay, so um, I mentioned before uh, that I, I'll I'll split this into a one A and a one B because if you don't classify my true number one as animation. Uh, that's fine because I'll just substitute it for the other number one. All right, let's see what you say. Okay. Uh, I saw it in a list, so I had to justify it somehow by seeing it in a list, but I have on here uh, Team America World Police. No. It is puppetry. It is not animation. But you're animating puppets. No. No, you're not animating puppets. Animation is taking something... That requires inanimate s- still frames into a video, and puppetry does not require still frames in the video. It just is video recorded. I know I was cheating. Ah. It's still an amazing movie. But anyway, uh, so that's why I, I really just had it in there as a side note. Um, I have the secret of Nim. I I thought about that. I was like I. I liked it. It just never got towards my top ten, but it's still got such a great look to it. It is a movie that when I was younger, for some reason, we watched all the time, and I had you know dreams about this movie uh, because it's just got it's got this element of. M- wonder mystery creepiness it's got right? some sinister elements to it yeah magic but like there, there's there's dread but there, but there's hope and it's just it's an interesting movie that bad guys and good guys and like I said, scary stuff and it's high adventure yeah it's it's an interesting movie now um it's an older one. Right, but oh, yeah. 1982. So this is actual animation. This isn't computer generated stuff. This is drawing and artwork, and colorful and big and bold. And I, I don't know. It's it's something that when I was at the at the babysitter, this movie came on quite a bit. We watched it quite a bit. So I just remember like the the things burning, right? And like like I said, that sense of dread. And then it translated to dreams when I was younger of like, oh my gosh, things are burning. Like not not in a scary way, but like in a way that you had concern in your dream and then you wake up like, oh, it's just a dream. Oh, right. I forgot that Will Wheaton was in this. Must have been a young pup. Yeah, same thing with Shannon Doherty. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I never, never would have paid attention. Of course, when we were younger, uh, if you watch this movie on some type of uh, television channel, unless you stuck around for the cast at the end, you would have never paid attention yeah. to it. Um, I don't know that I actually ever owned this on VHS. I just always had access to it to watch it. I think, I think the, the, the babysitter. 
had recorded it off of something. So we were always able to just watch that recording. Yeah, I know. If you grew up when we did, having that large library of videotapes where you recorded it off the TV was pretty normal. Mm-hmm. But uh, seeing Dom DeLuise in this, I mean, he had he had a great voice for this sort of thing. But Arthur Malay or Mallet, I always always pronounce his name as if it's French, and I'm not certain that that's accurate. But um, he was just in a ton of stuff. But if you were in, ever a fan of uh, some of the stuff in the '90s and you watched Hook, he was he was Toodles. He was the one that lost his marbles. <laughs> and had to find his marbles. <laughs> that gives you an idea who this guy is. But he'd been in just a ton of stuff over the years, and he's he was always really good. So kind of seeing him in this is is a fun thing too. Did I see he was in um, the Black Cauldron? Uh, I believe so. He he was in uh, he was in basically anything that was. Uh, any good, like sands through the hourglass. Yeah, so he, he is days of King Eidleg. I, I remember back when I actually read books when I was young. Uh, the Black Cauldron series was one of those books that I read, yeah. and it was fun. It was definitely good. Good choice for number one. Uh, my number one. We're going to go back to anime. Uh, back to Studio Ghibli. Kind of figured. Uh, Spirited Away came out in 2001 i have yet to see an animated film a traditionally animated film be as beautiful as this one it is just gorgeous all the way around the way that it's able to present things you know the motion being just amazing and this you have to understand a little bit. I mean, it's, it's it's still very Eastern in the way that it presents the story. So there, if you're not used to it, there are going to be some things that are just going to make you scratch your head. And you just go with it. It Trust me, it's fine. The story itself is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, the, the visuals are, are worth it on its own. Um, just beautiful. Yeah, you. I, I had never seen it up until recently what did, did we do a review i can't remember what it was we might uh, have done a trade 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 that's what it was yep and it's very and, and i after watching it and seeing some of the characters and the interactions when you see people do some type of cosplay or you see a t-shirt that's got faces or whatever on it you're like oh now I understand what I'm seeing at the cosplay and all these t-shirts because there's so many elements in this movie that kind of struck close to home, right, for what people love about this. And whether it's a certain character or a certain group of characters that you just love to see, like that was your favorite little niche part of this, I felt like there's so many of those in here that people just love that particular element of this movie. My son still dresses up as no face at least every other or every third year when we go to certain conventions just because <laughs> that's such a great character in this in this film. And it's just, yeah, kind of a masterpiece. It won a lot of awards, <laughs> and rightfully so. Um, and, and if you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself to watch this one. This is another one. If it comes on, I will definitely watch it every single time. And it's just... 
It's got a, a nice blend of supernatural and terror and hope and love. And it's just kind of, it's great. Great stuff. Wow, both of ours actually had that mystical, terror, hope type of feel to it for our number ones. Yeah. I, I think that's that fits. It's gotta have gotta have something a little more to, to stick with you. Yeah, I mean you can only have so much beavis and butthead, so it makes <laughs> sense. Uh well what do you think? Did we miss anything extraordinarily cool? Let us know. You know where our, our uh Instagram is, you know where our Twitter is, you know where to find us online. Uh now if you tell us that uh, I don't understand why Bolt wasn't in your top ten. I am going to make fun of you, but uh, <laughs> nothing wrong about it. No, there's nothing wrong with Bolt. Bolt's actually a pretty fun film, but uh, there are so many good animated. But if you think it's like, oh, you if you like this, you should have watched that. We love to hear that kind of stuff. That's what we get a kick out of. Uh, and we'll decide whether to do this. I'm thinking we're probably going to do this into two episodes. I mean, it's only been two hours. So. <laughs> Right. But I, I swear, most of our top tens won't take this long. But if that's an indication, that's how much we love these films. Mm-hmm. But until next time, keep watching, keep enjoying, enrich your life, enrich the lives of those around you. We'll talk to you soon.